Hi, welcome to the shallow dive on the Dafyomi. I hope you enjoy. Let's start at the top of your testament Aleph. Menot Timra Dechulim Kavan. How do we know that to achieve Tahara for Chulim, ritual purity for non sanctified purposes? meaning coming in contact or consuming chulin. So it's nothing uh, sacrificial, not from the Meisr not from the first tithe, not from truma, no level of sanctity. In order to render something or a person pure for chulin purposes, how do we know that there's no need for kavana? No need for intent. And if somebody was walking over a bridge, fell into the water, and they became totally surrounded by this water that is able to be mentahir, how do we know? Clearly there was no intention. How do we know that they are pure for the purposes of Hulin? It's not. This is learned from a mission. Mission McVos. A wave that became detached and it had 40 saw. So that's the amount necessary for Tara of a mikvah. And it fell on a person. And on the vessels. Tahirin. They are pure. Katani, Adam Dami The Mishnah teaches a person seemingly of the same vein as people as vessels, so a person like vessels, Makalim Dilo Mechavnim. Clearly the vessels have no intentions. So too, the person is rendered ritually pure for the purposes of Hulin, even though he had no intention of immersing. The water engulfs him without intention, and yet he is pure, just like the vessels. So this Mishnah is being brought as a proof that for Hulin there's no need for Kavana. The Gemara is not satisfied with this proof, Mimai, and how do we know that this is really a legitimate derivation from this Mishnah? Dilma b'yosheva mitzapit. Maybe the person is sitting there, waiting, anticipating this wave to wash over him, this wave that has been disconnected from its source. So this catapulted wave is going to wash over him, and he's waiting. Maybe that's what we're talking about. When will this wave come over him and render him pure? And the vessels would be like the person. Just as a person is capable of having intentions, so too the vessels, that there are intentions for them. So the person wants the vessels to become immersed. If you say that the Mishnah is talking about where the person is sitting, waiting for this big 
floating mikvah, as it were, to wash over him, so then what is the Chiddush? What's it coming to tell you? According to the first way, that is the Chiddush. The first way we learned, Kipshuto, is that it's teaching you that even though he's taken by surprise, this big 40-saw volume of water coming forth from the, the waves washes all over him, even though he had no idea it was coming, still he's Tahar, the Kalim of Tahir. That's, that's the Gufa the Chiddush. That there's no need for Kavona, no need for intention to become pure for Chulin, for non-sacrificial, non-sanctified products. But if you say that the guy is sitting there waiting, so what's it coming to teach you? I would have thought to say, Ligza, that it won't work because of Xayra. Really, it would work biblically, but rabbinically we would say it wouldn't work. Maybe I would say that if we allow this person to be pure, even though he's intending to become pure, then he'll also consider himself pure if a chardless shel gishonim washes over him in a similar manner, and then he won't be pure. What is chardless shel gishonim? Let's see, Rashi. Chardless. It's flowing and falling down from a high place, like a waterfall. And it has a gathering of 40 saw of water, which is important because we're talking about Gishamim. Gishamim, Amataher, Bimikveh. It has to be a gathering, a gathered body of water. So the rainwater is gathered. And it's a 40 saw amount, which is necessary for a mikvah. But over here, it's falling from the top of this mountain. And the one who immerses in it does not become ritually pure. Because this is a place, it's a very sheer precipice. And the 40 saw that are flowing down this fall are not considered in one place. So although you have 40 saw, they're not together. So therefore, when the waterfall with 40 saw from this rainwater rushes over him, he still remains impure. Utnan. Anitzok and Katafris are not considered connected. Nitzok is a pouring from a vessel down to either another vessel or into a pit. We do not view the stream as being fully connected. And this is essentially what's going on with the waterfall. And there's a separate problem, Rashi says, that Megishaman, rainwater, in order to be Metaran, needs to be a mikvah. It has to be a gathering of water, that's one point. But there's another point, it has to not be Zochlin. It cannot be flowing water. It has to be gathered together in a stable state, not flowing around. 
ותעני בתואס קרנן, אימא מיין מתאר בזוכן, אף מקווה מתאר בזוכן, if that we find by a מיין, a spring, that it confers a state of purity through immersion within its waters, even though the waters are flowing, shouldn't we say the same thing by a מקווה, that it should be מתאר בזוכן, כמה לא אמר אך מיין, ובור מקווה מיין, יהיה טר. פסקים ויקרא ירלף למרבב says אך מים, it's a mute, only the spring. There's limitation. המים מתאר בזוכלין, במקווה באשברין. Only the spring confers a state of purity, even though its waters are in a state of flux, that they're flowing. However, the mikvah must not only have, as we said, 40 saw in one mokum, in one place, but it also has to be in Ashbarim, it has to be still waters that are gathered together, and it cannot be flowing waters. Rashi says there are essentially two, two issues over here. One is there's no chibur, there's no connection. So the flowing waters, again rainwater, that is now creating a waterfall, is not considered connected. And then there's a separate problem because it's rainwater. It needs to be a mikvah, it has to be a gathering of water. It cannot be metar bezoklin, it cannot make something pure as it flows. And this waterfall is clearly flowing. Two problems. So, just back into the Gemara, we're saying, what is the Chiddush of the Mishnah? If we're interpreting the Mishnah to be talking about a case where the person had intentions, why is that somehow a Chiddush? What's the revelation here? That we do not have a decree saying that although this wave that became disconnected from the ocean does purify. We, we say it does purify. We don't say there's a rabbinic decree restricting that purification to make it like this rainwater that's falling down a fall, which will not purify him. We do not say that he'll erroneously equate the two, and therefore let us restrict his ability to become pure from the Gal Shemitlash out to the Chardlis. That if, if he thinks that he'll be pure in this case, when the wave falls on him, which he is, then he'll come to erroneously think that the waterfall from rainwater will also purify him, which it doesn't. So he would think to make a decree. No, we do not make a decree. That's the Chiddush of the Mishnah. Alternatively, we would have another reason to say this is a Chiddush. We would think the decree, Roshan Atukitin, the head of this wave, on account of the sides, the, the curved parts going down onto the ground. So this wave, imagine it as a dome. What Rashi learns, Rashi explains, Roshan Echot Miroshi Hagal, Yeshua Gilarz, the heads are the heads of the wave when it comes to the ground. So two heads on this dome. Kipin is the the top of this of this wave, this dome, and Siuso, it's the middle, Shel Hagal, Shel Gal HaOmi, Sheomi Ba'adir. So you have this wave that's crashing down, but in the meantime it has this shape. It looks like a dome. So the middle of the dome is in the air. Kimen Kipo. 
like a type of dome. So the guy, if he would stretch his hand out up above him as the water is coming over him and submerge a vessel into the top of this wave, this does not constitute an immersion that renders the vessels pure, as explained as we go along. So I would think that perhaps there would be a decree to say not only if he reaches up to the top, the center of the dome, will it not render the vessels pure, but also the sides of the dome that are now already on the ground. No. We don't say that. Even though all of this water is connected, we do find this fundamental difference that the top of the dome does not render the vessels within it ritually pure, but the sides do. The sides that are considered attached to the ground do. Whereas the top is considered resting on these walls of water, but not in of itself on the ground. So we would think to be gozer, to make a decree, rabbinic decree, saying that you should not be able to immerse the vessels in the walls of this dome, because if you do, you'll think that you could also immerse through the top of the dome. Nonetheless, we do not make such a decree, and the sides of the dome that are coming down onto the ground, surrounding the person, if he sticks a vessel into them, he will render them pure. Mashmalah. That's the Chiddush. There is no such decree. Two possible decrees. Neither of them are effective, and therefore the Mishnah is saying both the person and the vessel can become pure. And we are not gozer. There's no rabbinic decree saying that it'll lead to confusion with this rainwater fall. Nor is there concern of confusion between the immersion with the top of this dome of, of water, which won't work. We don't decree that the sides won't work. They do work. So that's the Chiddush. If we learn that we're not talking about a case where there is no Kavana, which is what we originally thought, that's the simple reading of the Mishnah, is that there is no Kavana. And then the Chiddush of the Mishnah is that you don't need Kavana. There's no need for intention to achieve purity in order to achieve purity for Chulin. But now we're saying even if we understand that the baseline case of the Mishnah is with intentions, we have Chidushim that the Mishnah is kind of trying to teach you. Let's take a look at Tosos. Nigzar Atu Chaglis. Here's Rashi. Shiredes Mehagavot. Vyesh Bamemsa. The concern, what's the Havmina of the Mishnah? What would we have thought? That there's a decree to not allow the person to become pure through this detached wave. Say that it's like Chaglis, that they restricted it so that he shouldn't come to immerse in this waterfall that comes from rain. The first Tosos quotes Rashi. 
It has 40 saw, but the reason it doesn't work is because the tafris ain't no chiba. It's not considered connected. Like our Pirish and Rashi. The Apostle Mitam to Aimikvah Mitab is Oakland. Rashi says, and the Reef says, there's another consideration that the waters of a mikvah, of a gathering of water, which, which rainwater is subject to becoming a mikvah, does not confer purity in a state of flow. El Bashbarna has to be in a stable, still state. And according to the Brisa, Tad and Tarskani. Umil Amar Harav Rabbein Elchanan. However, according to Rabbein Elchanan, Al Karachach Tamrishin Ikrit. It must be that the first reason that Rashi brings that the problem with achieving purity from this rain waterfall is because there's no chibur. Rain requires harboim sa. It has to be a certain minimum critical mass of 40 saw to render whatever is immersed within it pure. And the kataphorus is not considered a chibur. It's not considered attached, not cohesive. Rabbein Elchanan says that is the primary reason why from the fact that there's a decree by the wave from the ocean, it could be because of Zechila, the second reason, that it's flowing. The Bach says, Ha, Bishalyam, Mahani. Ben Ochan says, We're talking about a wave that detached from the ocean. This is not rainwater. This is ocean water. And ocean water can be matahir through zechila, even though it's flowing. Unless we establish this Mishnah of Gal Shadnitlash, Boabarn saw, as going according to Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir is of the opinion that all of the oceans are like a mikvah. Have a status of a mikvah that requires still waters to render something pure, unlike a mayon, unlike the spring water that can purify even as it flows. So Rabbi Nachman says he is not noted to make the okimta that this Mishnah is Rabbi Meir. He doesn't want to limit this Mishnah to the teaching of Rabbi Meir, and therefore, Zechila should not be the problem. The fact that these waters are flowing should not be the problem. We don't want to limit it to Rabbi Meir, to Machlokas, over there, three of the Machlokas. And we don't pass them like Rabbi Meir, we pass them like Rabbi Yossi. So to make this Mishnah, only going according to Rabbi Meir, is a Dochik. So therefore, the Iker problem, the primary problem, is that it's not considered a Chibur. You don't have a proper connection. It's not cohesive. And it was hard, a challenge for my master, 
Tosa says, My coma, Mishim Chadlis, Shemegishomen. What is the Gemara saying? That we had a Havamina to prohibit or render this immersion from the flying wave that crashes into the person after it's been detached from the waters. What does that have to do with the waterfall from rainwater? Even by the case of the yam, it won't help. He did nam, as a tzara mishnah. Pekhed mikvos, mishnah vav. Beshil omrin ein matbilin lechardlis. Beshil says, when we're not immersed in this chardlis, this precipice coming from the top of the mountain. And this teaching of Esau does not differentiate between Chardles Shel Megishamim or Chardles from any other source. Sounds like it's not dependent on where this water is coming from. Since this Mishnah teaching us the words of Beis Hillel that restrict the immersion in a chardless does not say a chardless of Gishamin, this waterfall coming from rainwater. And according to the first interpretation, it goes well. And if you say there's no chibur, so it's not an issue of zoklin or not zoklin, it's an issue of chibur. It's not an issue of whether the water is flowing, but rather an issue of whether there's a cohesion to the waters. So that goes very well, because there's no differentiation between the rainfall making a waterfall, the rainwater, or some other source of water. The problem is there's no cohesion, and it's not going to depend on whether the waters are eligible to purify through flowing or not. If it would make a difference, then it should have specified that it was Megishamit that we're creating this chardless, rainwater creating this waterfall. Nonetheless, there is still a challenge. One can ask, We do find that a waterfall does is considered a cohesion and connected for the purposes of mikvahs. He says, we do find that Katafris is considered a chibor for the purposes of mikvos. That's what we see, we'll see later in the Gemara, the bottom of the Amud, that Katafris does seem to create a chibor for mikvos, so why is it not considered mechobor by itself? And if you say the problem is zochlin, the second problem mentioned in Rashi, then it goes well. So it's also going back and forth, trying to understand what is the problem, by Ketafris, or Chardalis, is the problem that there's no Chibur, that there's no cohesion within these waters as they flow vertically from, from the top of the mountain down to the bottom, or the problem that it's flowing and the flow from rainwater is not eligible to render something pure. Back and forth in Tosas. And Rashi brings both, argues and Rashi. We look at the Rambam 
and the Pirsha Mishnah, Mikvos, Perak Hamishi, Mishnah Vav. Ramam says on this Mishnah, Gal Shnitlash, Ubar Bansa, Benafal Adam, Ba'al Kalim Tahirim. Ramam explains, Mashinir Elacha, Melachazu, what it would be relevant for you to understand from this Halacha, She'enat Vila Srikha Kavana, Eno Ela Bechulim. That for the purposes of chulim, for things that are not sanctified, there's no need for kavana. Meaning, although our Gemara made a dihui, we said there's no proof from this Mishnah that you don't need kavana for chulim. Maybe you do need kavana for chulim, and we have other chidushim from this Mishnah that there's no gzeira restricting the Torah. Atuchardlis. Or rush not to keep in the sides are still able to make the vessels pure, even if the top of this wave cannot. Ramam saying those are shnudachiki; those are not the straightforward interpretation of the Mishnah. The straightforward interpretation is like the Gemara brought at first, that we see from this Mishnah that tevila does not need kavana for chulin purposes. There's no need for intent to achieve purity for non-sanctified purposes. Ava la maise, chal for purposes of maise. Maise rishon is meant to be consumed in Jerusalem in a state of purity. So it has some restrictions. It's considered mamagavoa. Machlokas tanoim about it, but it is certainly to a degree sanctified. Chol shemaloso, l'mala mimeno, tzara shizkaven tfiloso, and anything that has a greater level of sanctity needs a, that intention through the immersion in order to render it pure for that purpose. And it's not just a din l'chachilo. Even if one did the immersion, the act was perfect, but the intention was not there. So whatever the intention was, if it was a lower state of purity, lower level of sanctity, it will not achieve purity for the high, higher level of sanctity. That's really the, the Mishnah, at the top of Yechesu Nebez, which we'll come back to in the Hemshech Gemara. Each step of, of all these various degrees of sanctity needs to have its own intention for achieving the purity through that immersion. So if somebody had intentions for Meiser, for example, when they immersed Let's say this, they immerse themselves to become Tahar for Meiser, then immerse the vessel for that purpose. It would not become Tahar for the purposes of Truma, which are more sanctified than Meiser. As we explained in Chagiga. So the Rambam in his Pirsha Mishnah does learn, like the first way of our Gemara, that is the Iker Limud of this Mishnah. They do not need kavana to become tahar for fooling. No need for intention when becoming purified for non-sanctified purposes. As far as the Mishnah that Tosos quotes, Machlokas 3 and Machlokas Tanoin, about the various statuses of different bodies of water, let's see how the Ramam explains it. 
This is in Para, Tekshmini. Mishnaches. Kol Hayamim Kemikva. All of the oceans or seas are like a mikvah. They have the status of mikvah, of a pool of water. Shinamar, the mikvah hamayim karayamim. As the verse says, gracious, aleph yud. And to the gatherings of water, he called yamim, he called them oceans or seas. And that's what we saw in Tosus. Tosus says, all oceans, without exception, have a status of mikvahs. With all of the parameters of how a mikvah is metahed. That's the opinion of Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Huda Omer, Ayama Godel Kemikvah. differentiates between which bodies of water. He says the great sea is like a mikvah. Lo nemar yamim, elisheishbo mine yamim harbe. What does yamim mean? That there are many various types of, of yamim, of seas. Not every ocean or sea has a status of a mikvah. Only the Yamagavo, the great ocean, has a status of a mikvah. Rabbi Yossi disagrees. All of the oceans and seas confer purity, even as they flow in Zochlin, like a mayon, like a spring. Uposlin Zovin. And they are invalid for the purification of Zovim, the sewer. Male Zovim are those with gonorrhea or gonorrhea like symptoms. In order for them to achieve purity, they need to have. Mayon, and the normal status of Yamim, although they're Matarim, Bezochlin, like a Mayon, they do not confer purity for Ezov, or for Metzera, for those that are suffering from Tzaras, or for Kiddush Mechatos, for the sanctification of the red heifer ash, to sprinkle and remove the ritual impurity due to contact with the dead. So we have a three-way machlokas over here, how to understand the ability to become pure through various bodies of water, oceans and seas. Says the Ramam on this Mishnah, Kol hayamim dinon mikvah. All of the seas have the status of a mikvah. Kilomar, she'enan mayim chayim. They do not have the status of living waters. K'mo mayonos, like spring water. Ve'enat filozovin uterzben. And immersion for a Zov, one who has this gonorrhea, gonorrhea-like discharge, will not become purified through that, through the immersion within these oceans or seas. You cannot take from these waters the purification of a Metzara and suffers the affliction of Saras, or for the purposes of Mechatos, the water used mixed with the red heifer ash to render a person ritually pure after being in contact with the dead. 
רבי יהודה אומר שהים הגדול בלבד הוא שדינו כדין המקווה. רבי יהודה restricts the limitations of oceans and seas to the ים הגדול, to the great ocean. The footnote over here in the Kapach edition says it means Okeanos, the Atlantic Ocean. When we're discussing Amagodal in this context, it means the Atlantic, based on the Arabic word Amachit, which means the Makif, the large surrounding body of water that's the Atlantic, not to be confused with the Mediterranean. At least in this context, even according to Yehuda, that's the identification. So only the Atlantic, presumably that would include the Pacific for these purposes, has a din of mikvah, and not a mayim. The restrictions of Tara through mikvah, and is not able to confer purity like a mayim, like a living body of water, that is purified through flowing waters. But other bodies of water, other than the great seas, the Atlantic, they are like Mayon, they are like spring waters, and they may be used like other spring waters. So he disagrees with the interpretation, or Yehuda disagrees with Rabbi Meir's interpretation of the verse, just meant to say that there are various types of waters, but not that each ocean or sea has a status of a mikvah. amayim hamoshchin hanigarim, zochlin flowing waters that flow and they flow and move. Like a, a stream of water. Vizbar b'mikomos shamayim matar b'zochlin. Vizbar b'mikvos shamayim matar b'zochlin. In Perak Aleph Mishnah Ches and Perak Hey Mishnah Dalad and Mishnah Hey, it is explicit that a mayon, a spring, does confer a status of purity, in spite of the fact that they are flowing, the spring waters. Kilomar shim hayu mayim moshchin sheikron mayim. If you have flowing waters that have their source in a spring, these flowing waters are still eligible to render the person or object that is immersed within it ritually pure. With any amount. Whatever the amount might be, just like the Mayan itself. This is not the case from waters that come from a mikvah, a pool of water. And equally clear in mikvos, Paragalf, Mishnah Zayin, and elsewhere, that the ability to achieve ritual purity through a mikvah, through a pool of water, is only if it has the critical mass of 40 sa'a or more. Together and still. Amr Biosif. Kishara Yamim Chutzman Yamagodal Nechshov Oson Kemayam. Biosif holds 
the other seas other than the Atlantic are considered like a Mayon for the purposes that they can confer purity even though they are flowing. And the waters that are flowing, they can confer a state of purity with any amount. They do not have the restriction of a critical mass of 40 sa or more. And they are considered like a mikvah. Nonetheless, they do have some element that they're like a mikvah. He agrees that for these three purposes, these waters that purify in a fashion that looks like a mayon, looks like living waters, nonetheless, for these three purposes, they are considered a mikvah for mechatos, taras mitzvah, and tilas azot. So Rabbi Yossi agrees with Rabbi Meir in the pshat that they have a status of mikvah for these select purposes. Although he he does agree with Rabbi Yehuda that he's mechalik between the Yamagodo and the other bodies of water. And he, he says Yamagodal is like a mikvah, and it's the other waters that are like Mayanos, but not entirely like Mayanos. Let's take a look at the Ramam in Yarachazaka. Gal Shinitlosh Minhayon, a wave that was detached from the ocean, the Nafal Al Haadam. And it fell on a person or on vessels. If this body of water has the critical mass of 40 saw, then what was immersed within it becomes pure for chulin. One who immerses for chulin does not need intent. As we said in the if he was sitting, waiting for this detached wave to engulf him, also then the immersion will work for whatever the intent was, whether it be the Maiserishan, Shruma, Kodesh. Kachim, Chatos, doesn't matter. Whatever his intention was, it'll work with the right intention. And here the Raman says, Nitlash min hayam, that this body of water was detached from the Yam. The Losh of the Mishnah was just Galsha Nitlash. doesn't say where it was Nitlash from. But the Raman's telling us min hayam. What still remains a bit obscure is which Yam. Does it make a difference? Are we talking about Yamagodo? Are we talking about Shayomim? Does it make a difference? Raman doesn't tell us. Or at least it's not 100% clear what he means by Hayom. Yal Shnitlash Min Hayom. This wave that became detached from the sea. In Aloha Ches, Raman continues, 
A person cannot immerse in the wave or in a wave while it is in the air before it touches the ground. Even though it has a critical mass of 40 saw. Because one cannot immerse in flowing waters. All the more so, not in the air. And this is a remarkable Kalachomer. First of all, when we say Enapilim Bezochlin, it's unclear to me which Gal we're talking about. He says, Enapilim Begal. Is this a Gal Shanit Lashminayam? Is it a, a wave that was detached from the ocean? From which ocean? Or is it just a body of water that's detached from Megishamim? What is this wave? Where is it coming from? That it's not apparently able to render something pure from Zochlin. In spite of there being a flow that can render something pure from a Mayon, as we saw, there's a debate about which waters have the status of Mayon. Here the Ramam says, this gal cannot be metab as Ochlin, and all the more so ba'avir. It certainly would imply that this gal cannot be metab as Ochlin, and because it's in the Avir, that's worse than Zochlin. If the two heads of this wave were touching the ground already, then he can become immersed within it to become pure. But he may not immerse in the cap of the dome of this wave because it is still considered in the, in the air. So the, the walls of this dome that are on the ground, as soon as they touch the ground, he may immerse in them. Whereas the, the cap of the dome is considered still in the air, although it's all considered attached. And because it's in the air, he said, it's worse than Zoflin, which is a remarkable thing. I mean, these walls are not frozen. If you say that it can't be Matar Bezochlin, so even if it's not Be'avir anymore, why are these walls considered not Zochlin? Kind of surprising. This is, you can look at this frame by frame in, in very uh, slow, slow motion, but things should be moving in the real world, and there's gravity over here. Why do we view the walls of this dome of water, this wave of water, as not being Zochlin, it's quite surprising. You only have a problem of Avir. So lots of questions on this Rama, on these Ramas. The Kassif Mishnah says, Majikos of Enma Bilin, Begal, Melach Yiches, Quotes Gemar Chulin, Daflamad Aleph, Mabez, Matbilin, Beroshin, Bein Matbilin, Bekipin. 
Pirshashi matbilin beroshagal, and then plash minayam. Beholach merachok, bala aretz. Nichnas adam tachas rosha mekabel. They have a tefila zu, the mechobel akarka. Vehim matbilin bekeepin. Shelo yizro kelim bekeepiagal. Then a bem sois she also kekeepa. Tama the meparish she tefilas avi. Vein matbilin beavi akan lashon. From Rashi there, it's not perfectly clear what the problem is of immersion in the air. What is the problem with Avir? Why can't the Tvila take place in the Kipa, the top of this dome of water? Because it says mikvah. The Torah says it's purification through mikvah, but not mikvah shall avir. Mashmali, the nafkolim dechsev, and so parshashmini, ach mayim ubar mikvah mayim, the hanach ain darkly yos mavi. Says the Kesef Mishnah, what is Rashi coming from? It would seem to be his interpretation of the verse. And the verse says, Ach Mayan, however, a Mayan, and Bor Mikva Mayan. What is the Tzadashava Shebehen? What is the general quality of both living waters of spring water, as well as a cistern or a, a pool of water? They are both in the ground. They're not typically in the air. So that seems to be a source for understanding Rashi. Vidivar Rabbeinu Tumuin, Mekamanpi. Guess Mishnah is happy with Rashi, but here he's not understanding what the Ramam wants. What is the Ramam saying? Chada. From the fact that the Ramam derives that the sul of being tovel, the avir, is a kalvachomer from Zochlin, if you can't purify from flowing waters, all the more so, not in the air. That's what the Ramam says. Mashma, the yam, ain't a It would seem to imply that the Ramam would be of the opinion that the yam does not have the capacity to render something pure through flowing, through zechila. Rabbeinu Kasov, Beperg Zalach Ibez, Kola yam, So what's going on? Take a look at Lachid Beis. The Ramam says, "Kol hayamim metarim bezochlin." So, if the yam is metarim bezochlin, all of the waters of the seas do confer a state of purity as they flow. They're like Mayim Chaim of a Mayon. So, although he says "Psulin lezovim mitzoraim lakash bemechados," they're metarim bezochlin. So, why over here? Does this gal, this wave, that seems to have been detached? Because Mishnah Namzan that it's being detached from Hayam, like he says in Alach Yitzayin, Hayam, in Alach Yitzchas, when he says Ein Magdilim Begal, Kishuba Avir, although he didn't ex expressly state that it was a gal, Shenit Lashmin Hayam, presumably that's the case. That's what the case of Mishnah says. 
And it is Matar Bezochlin. So why is he saying that if it doesn't help for Zochlin, Kolshin, it doesn't help for Avir? Can't be Matar as it flows, certainly can't purify in the air. Don't say that over there it's talking about, as we saw in the Mishnah, three-way machlokis. Don't say that which waters those are shar hayamim, other waters other than the Atlantic, like Rabiosi. And here in Aloha Yirches, the Ramam's talking about Hayama Gadol, specifically a wave that became detached from the Atlantic. Rabiosi only says that what waters are eligible for Tara through Zechila, that can be purifying waters as they flow, only other waters, other bodies of water, other seas, but not the Atlantic. In Cain, we'll have a list of, he should have been so in a, imprecise over here, and to just say in Al-Khayyiches, he should have said, He should have excluded Yamagadol. So in Al-Khayyibes, he should have said, except for Yamagadol. And over here, he should have said, except for, that this case is talking about a gal shenitlash min hayama godol b'davko. Vafilu imtim tzolomar, shesomach hamashikos b'din gal shenitlash min hayam, demashma hayam hayadua. Even if you want to say that he's relying on what he said in Allah Yadzayin, a wave that became detached from the sea is a reference to the known sea, is the yama godol, the great sea, the Atlantic. Komar be. And this particular sea, great ocean, is the one that is treated like a mikvah and cannot render something pure through flowing waters. If that's what he meant, he should have put it right after Halachid Beis. The Ode, Havle, Lakdume, the Ein Yam Hagodol, Metar Bezochlin. He should have told us that the Yamagodo, the Great Sea, the Atlantic, is not able to be metahir with flowing waters. And afterwards, Then he should have said that this wave from the Great Sea, the Atlantic, cannot be metahir in the air because of Zochlin. It's a Kavachome from Zochlin. You should have given us an indication that we're talking about Yamagadol, one way or another. We owed Midikosav Hayushne Roshe Gal Nogi Baaretz Matbilanbo. Also, from that which the Raman writes, that this wave that was detached from the sea and fell on a person and on vessels, they are pure. It certainly implies that this renders 
the person or the vessel is pure, although they're flowing, while they're flowing. Don't say that there's another stipulation, that these two walls of this dome of water, that they can render the person pure, is only after they settle into a ditch, that they're now a regular pool. He should have told you that if that's what he meant. It has to be that this body of water that became detached from the sea and fell on the person and the vessels, they are flowing as they fall on him and on them. And nonetheless, So you see that Zochlin is not a problem. Therefore it would seem according to the Rambam, that the Great Sea, the Atlantic, is Matayar Bezochlin. And that which the Rambam says, that the reason you can't be Matayar in the air is a Kalachomer from Zochlin, he's not talking about the Yamagadu. Rather, this is what he means. Avir in general. Not that Zochlin is a problem here. You see it's being matayar bezochlin. This gal shniflash is purifying as it moves and flows. Nonetheless, in the air it can't be matayar because fundamentally the psul of avir is a worse psul than zochlin. Lachera still, it's tzarach it's iun. Why that should matter? Even if you say it's worse, but when we say that this is being matayar bezochlin, so maybe it's also matayar be'avir. So what the avir is worse? It's, it's a pliat sumon. But he says, Hachi pirusha, avir yosikro mezochlin. Uman dechazi umatkel be'avir begal nitla shmeyam. Person that does immerse himself in the air of this dome of water that is detached from the sea. Osil atkel bezochlin. He would come to immerse himself in flowing waters, the notfin that are dripping down, the omri, stam la grue notfin the maya, chad de gar lomar, the emad bilam be avir, the notfin, ava bezochlin, the notfin shape dummy, because gozler shelo yaka be avir, the gal shnitlash naya, de she hacker bedova, tashta lekal mechlash, lita usa cloud. So, it's an interesting svaro that the one who is matbil, a person who's, who would immerse in the avir of the gal, so he would come to be tovel in zochlin that are dripping down. We say that the dripping down water is worse than the, the waters that drip down from a mile from, from a spring are worse to one degree. So he's saying there's two degrees over here. There's a, a degree of the mine itself, Matara Bezoklin, and the waters that flow from the mile but are not part of the mile 
would go down one degree to not be able to be metahir bizoflin and the the avir is worse than that and he says gozru fascinating thing it's very hard to read this the Kesem Mishnah says lufikach gozru shelo yatvil be'avir degal shenetlash minayam he says it's a gzera the inability to be metahir at the top of the dome of this water that was separated from the sea is only exera. That's not easy to read in the Gemara. The Gemara says we would think to have exera of the sides of the dome, just like the top of the dome. Sounds like the top of the dome is not Matar Minatero. Because the Mishnah is claiming in the Ramah that it's exera to not be matpil. To not immerse in the avir of the gal. Very dochik. How the Kesem Mishnah is going to read the Gemara, I, I don't know. The Gemara seems to learn that that is an Isra Daraisa, or not an Isra. It's possible in Atara. And the walls of this dome are still kosher, still eligible to be Matayar. And we don't say that we should make a restriction not to use the walls of the dome because we can't use the top. As Mishnah is learning that the top also is just exera. Hard to read in the Gemara. That's a lekel mechash, the tuusa cloud. Kuliyama yodi the notven gri'i mimayim. Chigri lechadargo mele mashm le de emad bilim bezochlin. Vavapi she'ein ze mevur yof b'diver beinu. This is not clear from the words of the Rama. Komokom kivon im bano loma shu. If we want to say that the Rama differentiates between the Atlantic and other bodies of water, other oceans or seas, we need to feel us to man the purposes of immersion of those who are impure. It's just not clear in his words. And there are a lot of difficult things, as I've written. Even if we could find a way to try to understand the Rambam with difficulty. Nearly the mut of lachos bederzu. Better to go this way. To have the Rambam being understood in a way that is equivalent to the other poskim that are explicit. Rather than going with another way, that would present the Rambam as arguing on them. So here the Kesem Mishnah is. Definitely having on his posik hat and not trying to learn what is the most uh, reasonable interpretation of the Ramah, even though he doesn't see any good reasonable interpretation of the Ramah. He says he's pushed more to say that he'll go with the other poskin. Say there's no machlokis. The ode, the kivon, the iuzal sovar, the kul shov kosher minatera. Even though the Ramam himself says that if it's all drawn waters, it's kosher to purify Minatera. Why should the sages then decree on the Atlantic that it should not be able to purify as it flows? It's not plausible to make a decree 
on account of this waterfall coming from rainwater. The ode debiyam hagodol lo mishkachas leolam shiarbenatofin alamayim. You can never have waters by the great Atlantic that are more more numerous than the source itself. Even though the, the Torah did call it a mikvah, a gathering, a pool of water, that's only for purposes that the Torah specifically requires living waters of a spring. That the Atlantic, for those purposes, is like a mikvah. But why does it have anything to do with decrees of the sages? Since, for all practical purposes, other than those three things, it's treated as a spring. It's that it's excluded from acting like a spring for these three things. It's like a mikvah for those things. So the Kesem Mishnah says his understanding of the Ramam is that there's no difference between the Atlantic and other seas. They're all metahir bezochlin. They all render something pure as the water flows. And as he's explained, so Lachera, this Kolshikane, according to the Kesem Mishnah, is very dochik. Right? As, we, as we pointed out, not that this water that's coming from any yam, not doesn't matter whether it's Yamagodl or the Atlantic or other seas or oceans, it doesn't matter. They are Matai Bezochlin. So he's learning that it's just a, a general gradation, that it's it's further away from being Tahar, from being able to be Matahir. Avir is worse than that, even though Zochlin will work for this water. As we pointed out, if the, in, in chat over here of what's going on, it's very dochic to say that you don't have it being metabizoklin because this wave that was detached from wherever it was detached from is moving. So to say that you are not being metabizoklin, you're bezoklin, is a pliatsuma, lachar you are, lachar behechrach you are. This, this Kavachom Be'avir is, is a bit of an enigma. What does the Ramam want with this? Reb Chaim says, Tzarachim. Not Parshat, what the Ramam wants. If you look in Shulchan Aruch, Yerdeh, Semen Reisha Aleph, Sifhei, Mechaber Paskins, Kol Hayamim Yishlem Din Mayon, all of the oceans and seas have a status of Mayon, of a spring, Lutai Bezuchila, to render something pure even as it flows. Hilkach, therefore, Gal Shanitlash Mehayam, a wave that became detached from the sea, Bo Memsa, and it has the full amount of Memsa, and it fell on a person or on vessels, also Lehem Tvilo, they are ritually pure. Avo, Im Hitfil, the Gal Kishuavir, if he immersed. In this wave, while it was in the air, kodem shipal alar, it's before falling to the ground. Afapijri yeshua memsa, oh, shazar kelem ben tzoyz hagal, 
she also kikipa, lo also lemtvila. Rabbi says, if it's before the walls of this dome, of this body of water that became detached from the sea, before they hit the ground, there's no tahara, even though it has 40 saw of water. Or if he throws vessels into the middle, the top of this dome of water, then also it is not metahe. So the shach, in describing why there are men saw here, says as follows. Hey, you just finished telling me that the ocean water is like a mayon. It's like a spring, and a spring doesn't need arboim saw. So why over here does the Mechaber say arboim saw? It's like a mayon. I know mokom chibra mayon. Says the shach, the reason why is because in order to be metahir bekolshu, it has to be connected to its source. The, the way that a spring can purify with any amount, even less than 40 saw, is when the waters that are being used for purification are attached to the source of the spring. But here, this wave became detached, then it needs the full shear of a mikvah. Even though it's metahir bezokhlin, even though the purification comes as it moves, Anything that's not literally the spring does not render something pure in a minute amount. It needs 40 saw. is unclear, unsure what to do with this. But Bach has a different way, which the Shach disagrees with. The Taz, bothered by the same question, says Gal Shnitlash, Pirish to Metabazoklin, Kemayan. The wave that became detached from the ocean or the sea purifies as it flows, like a spring. Vein Loma, Kim Nahavi Kemayan, Afilohochi, Bina Memsa, Mkain Kashe, Aramba, Varivit, Shkosov Hatur Mishwam, Reish Sefer, Reish Simmonze. Demayan metaher bekolshu. Afilu adam. Beishlomar ha mikomokom bi'inu daitom shekol gufa adam iskase be'osamayan. The Taz is bothered by the same question, and he says, even though technically speaking, it appears that Shitas Harama man arrived, or that this should be like a mayan to render something pure even with a minute amount you should not need 40 saw but you have a practical issue in order to get the entire body of a person submerged and engulfed by this water so you're going to need 40 saw even the biggest person He's going to be able to be fully submerged in a body of water that has 40 saw together. Not that it has to be a mem saw. The guy is smaller. Maybe you could get away with 30 saw. The reason it says mem saw over here. Even though it's Matar Bezochlin and it's like a Mayan and it's really Matar, even a person, the Kolshehu, 
Nonetheless, as a practical matter, the case where any person will be fully engulfed with this water will be when the wave has 40 saw in it. So the Taz says it's a side point. The Shach says it's not a side point. Fundamentally, it needs our blame saw because it's no longer attached to the source. Only the wave, when it's attached to the ocean, is metar bekolshu. There's a machlokas. Reb Chaim quotes the Shach. But the Taz is not just a Taz, it's a Me'iri. Let's see the Me'iri. In general, as the Mishnah says, there's a need for intent to achieve a state of purity through the immersion, and the purity corresponds to the intent. That's true except for chulim, except for something that is not sanctified. The Ochli, chulim they're trying to eat their non-sanctified goods in a state of purity, they don't need to have an immersion with intent. The af And also for natila, not just for immersion, but for washing, for the purposes of meiser and truma, there also needs to be intent for the degree of sanctity. Not only for natila, but even for tvila. All the more so for Natila, that bala of dunking one's hands or pouring water over one's hands, that's only Darabana. Certainly there there's no need for Kavana. There's no need for Kavana for Khulin. So this wave that became detached from the sea, Ubomen saw, and it has the critical mass of 40 saw, and there was a person who was impure, Yoshev al-Fasayam, sitting by the beach, on, on the, the sand over there, the Mikra, he happened to be there, and this wave splashed right on top of him, and it totally engulfed his entire body, also Lotvila, he became ritually pure, so to for vessels, when is this true? Jumatil, this is true if he was immersed in the component of water that was connected to the ground. In this wall of water, this type of dome, and he is immersing in the wall of the dome. Oh, If you consider the center, the top of this dome, omid kaminki, but it's standing like a type of dome, im hoshid bokalim, if he throws into them vessels, ain't a tvila, that does not constitute an immersion. Ain't ba'avir mokum tvila. Because there is no tvila in the air. V'yev sholin, and some ask, gal shnitlash lama anu trichin bo memsa, this question, that is asked both by Shach and Ataz and others we saw, why does it need to have a Barmsa? 
מחברם, ואין השאלה. שהרי מכל מקום אין גופה עולה בהם, פחות ממסע. He says there's no question, because as a practical matter, like the Taz says, his entire body will not be able to be engulfed by these waters unless he has 40 so. Kolsha and guf olabo and a club. And if his body is not entirely surrounded by these waters, there's no immersion. And here he differs slightly from what the Taz says. The Taz said, that the figure of 40 saw is for the largest person, but a smaller amount would not be a problem for someone who's smaller. The Meiri says even a smaller person, because we're dealing with a wave that got detached from the ocean and things are moving quickly, so the water is quickly disintegrating. So even a smaller body, it's hard for it to be fully immersed if it's actually less than 40 saw. And similarly, people ask, since the ocean is like a mikvah, so how does it purify as it flows? And explain that this is not called zechila. He says, why is it not called zechila? Because the nature of the ocean is to have these waves. Because this is the natural ebb and flow of the ocean, it doesn't have the status of zechila, of a stream. This is talking about under an intense storm, that the waves are being uprooted with force. That is this crashing wave. So he's, he's also bothered by this question that we saw in the Kesef Mishnah. Lachar is bezochlin, and he says no. Meir says it's not zochlin because it's the the nature of the ocean. Let's continue in the Gemara. The Gemara asks the question. And how do you know that you can't actually immerse in the top of this dome of the water that flew out of this, as the Ramam says, Yam. Mission just says, Kam Shnitlash. Ramam says, Minayam. Ditanya, as was taught in the Brisa, Matbilin, Biroshin, Be'em Matbilin, Bekeepin. Brisa says one may immerse in the roshin, in the walls that are attached to the ground, and not at the top of this dome, because one may not immerse in the air. So we see that there is a differentiation, there is an iser, or a prevention, one may not be tovel at the top of the dome, and yet one may be tovel at the walls of the dome, and there is no xera, of the walls as a fence to protect against somebody thinking they could also be total at the top. So back to our question. So what is the source that you don't need Kavana Prachulin? From this Mishnah. Fruits that fell into a ditch of water. 
and somebody stretched forth his hand. His hands are impure. And he took the fruits, these fruits that fell into the ditch. His hand, as he dipped them into this dish, became pure. And the fruits are not bechiyutan. The fruits are not, although they became wet, they're not mushal kabaltuma. They have not yet become eligible to contract ritual impurity, which happens when they come in contact with water after they're finished with their growing process. Now they're harvested. They need to come in contact with water intentionally in order to be eligible and susceptible to ritual impurity. So although they physically came in contact with water, nonetheless, it was not intentional. They're not bechiyutam. And if he had intention to wash his hands, his hands do become pure. And the fruits also are now susceptible to becoming impure. So from this we see this Mishnah, Machshirin, Perigdal of Mishnah Zayin. We see from this Mishnah that he doesn't need intentions for his hands to become pure. That's what we see. If he had intentions, then the fruits will become they'll become eligible, susceptible to impurity. But either way, his hands become pure when he dunks them into these waters. As she explains, if the person plunged his hands into this ditch of water in order to wash them, so this person was trying to wash his hands and take this fruits that are now in the water. So then they become eligible. The water is considered intentionally placed on these fruits. And from now they are They're susceptible to ritual impurity. And since he intended to wash his hands by submerging them in the water, he has revealed his intention that he is pleased that the fruits fall into water. Because through this process, he's been able to wash his hands. So according to Rashi, the waters that surrounded the fruits when they fell in are what are achieving the hechsher. They are making the fruits eligible to become ritually impure. Why? Because now that he wants to wash his hands, and he submerges his hands into this water to get the fruit, so he's happy that this event took place, that the, that the fruits fell into the water, because he's interested in that, although that may not have been his initial intent. But now that he intends to wash his hands, that initial falling and the water going onto these fruits becomes something he's happy about, therefore rendering those fruits subject to becoming tummy.
Rambam has a different way of looking at it. In Hilchas Tumas Hochlin, Perakid Beis, in Alach Yud, the Rambam writes, Perus Shenoflo Toch Hamayim, fruits that fell into the water, Pashat Yodav, and he stretched out his hand, Vinotlan, and he took them. They did not become susceptible to contracting ritual impurity. Vim Choshet Sheyudchu Yodov, but if he intended that his hands become washed as he submerges them into this ditch of water, then the fruits become susceptible to contracting ritual impurity through the water that's on his hands. Because the water that's on his hand and on the fruits, these waters were removed intentionally. The water that's on his hands, he wants to have them there as a, an outgrowth of wanting his hands to become pure. And these residual drops of water that are now on his hands and on the fruits are what make the fruits susceptible to becoming tummy. It's not the original falling into the water, like Rashi learns, according to the Rambam. It's after he pulls them out, so the drops that remain on his hands and on the fruits are what generate the chiyutan, that they, the fruits are considered intentionally brought in contact with water. A bit of a different angle than Rashi. Continuing in the Gemara, Eispe, Rabbo Rav Nachman. Rabbo asked Akasha to Rav Nachman. Hatovel lechulin, one who immersed for chulin, for non-sanctified purposes. Vehuchsak lechulin. And the intention was for Chulin, also He is not able to consume Maiser. Maiser needs to be consumed, Maiserisham, in Jerusalem in a state of purity. And if he only had in mind to purify himself for Chulin, he may not now consume Maiser, even though he immersed in the Mikvah. Hochsak in Lo Hochsak Lo. So, it appears that it depends on the intent. It appears that he had to have intentions for the chulin. It says, Hochsak lechulin. Also the maizah. And what if he was not intending to purify from chulin? It's mashma that it's not pure at all. That he may not even eat chulin, the Torah. So this is a question, argues is, that Rabbi asked this to Rav Nachman. This is what he explained what it means to say. Even though it was intended to achieve a purification for Chulin, nonetheless, it is still prohibited to consume Meiser, which has a higher degree of sanctity than regular Chulin. But not that you need to have hoksik to be able to eat chulin. Even without any intention whatsoever, the tahara for chulin happens as long as he immersed. Eisve, 
they had to cash it. Tava v'lo hoksik, kilu tava. If somebody immersed and did not have intentions, it's as though he did not immerse. Ma'ala kilu tava kla. The simple way to read this is that he is considered as though he's not immersed for any purpose, not even for chulin, not even for totally non-sanctified purposes. What it means is, it's as though he has not been tovel, not immersed for the purpose of meiser. But he is considered as having immersed for the eligibility to consume chulin v'tarek, even though it's not sanctified, and he had no intention. This immersion is good enough to be considered as an immersion that purifies him to eat chulin v'tarek. So in this exchange, Argyrus again is Rabba, was asking Rav Nachman. Rabba thought that Rav Nachman was just pushing him off. He didn't think that this was really a very good proof. It was ukimtas, but not that it was really what he held. Just a dichli ba'alma. Nofak dok ve'ashkach, he went out, and examined and found the Tanya that we have a Brisa, Tova, Veluchsik, also a Meiser, a Motelachulin. A Brisa explicitly that reads, as Rabbi Nachman said, that if there was an immersion without intention, so the person who immersed may not consume Meiser, and yet he may consume Chulin. So there's no need for intention at all in order to become pure through an immersion for chulin, for non-sacrificial or non-sanctified purposes. Now this, this whole back and forth, L'chara, it's a plea that an argues a rabbi thought that Nathan was just pushing him up. What does this have a meaning? Why would he suspect that Rav Nachman would do, so, do such a thing? Shouldn't Rav Nachman give him the straight scoop? In the end, he found a proof that Rav Nachman was telling him the way it was. That's a bizarre Havamina. Manasquia says we're not talking about Rabba. He says the correct Girsa is Rava, which is the way it appears in Chulin, Daflam and Aleph. the Hechrach, to say that's the right Girsa, not our Girsa, Stoma, is that Rava was a Talmud Muvak of Rav Nachman. Al-Kupanim Rav Nachman by Yitzchak, who Rashi says is a Stam Rav Nachman, Rashi and Gittin. And we find that the Rebbe has the ability to use artifice to not present things to his students in a straightforward manner. It's unique. It's a special din by Rebbe. Raman brings it down. And the Rav is permitted to deceive the students in his questions. And in the actions that he does in front of them. In order to sharpen them. And in order to discern 
if they remember what was taught or if they don't remember. So there he has a wide range of tools in interacting with the Talmudim. And we don't find this by others. Special din of a Rebbe. So Lachara, the Girsa, is Rava, it goes better. That Rava was suspecting that his Rebbe, his Nachman Rav Yitzchak, was just being mad at him, but not that he really held that way. Maybe he's just trying to be machaded, Rava, the Talmud, but not that he was telling him the straight up conclusion that in fact there's no need for any kavana, no need for intentions to become purified for chulin, for non-sanctified purposes. Lachera, that's that goes well. If it was not his rebbe, then why should he think it is just matchahim? there would be no permission to suspect him of such a thing. Continuing in the Gemara, Amar Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Elazar taught, Toval the Ola, somebody immersed and came up out of the water, Machzik Atzmo Lachol Mashiyirze. He may have intentions to purify himself for any degree of purity. Rashi, Machzik Atzmo B'Tzvil Shetoval Klar, Lachol Mashiyirze. Even though. This immersion is in the past tense. He's already out of the water. He still has a right to determine his intentions. Which type of purity he wants to achieve through this immersion that he already did. May say with the kasha. Even if one foot is still in the water. If he had intentions for some lighter degree of sanctity. He may still have a new intention to achieve a higher degree of purity or something that is more sacred. Allah, but once he has already gone up and he's out of the water, now he may not have any he cannot determine which level of purity he wants. My love in a masik does it not mean that he cannot be masik at all? Once he has ascended, that's it. Which is against what Rabbi Lozer taught. Lo, Mar says no. While his foot, his leg is still in the water even though he has not yet determined what he wants to designate this immersion for Masik, he may now at this point still determine Allah, but once he has ascended and is totally out of the water if he didn't have any intentions prior, then Masik now while he's out of the mikvah until he dries off that's the Meiri points out he has the ability to determine what the immersion would achieve, what type of purity he wants to have. And if he did, while he was in the water, have a specific intention, 
once he has gone out, then he cannot redirect the intention of the tefillah. So it's a bimiyashin, it's not a stira. The ability to direct the degree of purity from an immersion is fully within his hands while he is still wet after he's gone up out of the waters if he had no intentions in the water. But if he did, then he's stuck. He cannot do anything after he's fully out of the water that contravenes his intention that was in the water. Who is the one that taught if he has one foot still in the water that he has the capacity to change course with his intentions? Rabbi Pidas said this was taught by the Tana Rabbi Yehuda. As we have in the Mishnah. If you have a mikvah that has precisely 40 saw, the Yardushnaim, and in this mikvah that doesn't have one drop extra, two people descended and immersed themselves, the Tavlo, one after the other, Arisha Taha. The first one is pure because he went into a mikvah and came out of a mikvah, he is fine. But the second one is impure. The second one is in a mikvah that now doesn't have enough water. Amar Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda qualifies this claim against the Tanakhama. If the feet of the first one are still in the water, even the, the second one is pure. So Rabbi Pidot says that this idea of when one's foot is in the water, they still have the capacity to alter their intentions of which level of tahara, of purity, they want this immersion to achieve for themselves. That's going according to this Rabbi Yehuda. Amar, Rav Nachman, Amar Abba, Baravua, Rav Nachman, said in the name of Rabbah, this debate between Rabbi Yehuda and the Tanakhama is within Malos Darabana, is in degrees of purity for various types of sanctified purposes. Malos Darabana, from straight out ritual impurity to ritual purity, According to everybody, the second one is impure. Meaning even Rabbi Yehuda will agree that it doesn't help the fact that this first person who immersed in the mikvah has his feet still in the mikvah. So yes, he's got water on his whole body. Is that water considered part of the mikvah? Even according to Buddha, no, it is not for the purposes of having a sheer mikvah for the second one to render him pure. Where does Rabbi say it makes a difference? For Milas Durabanan. For the purposes of Milas Durabanan, to say that the person is able to achieve a tara from one degree to another degree, then he will view the water as connected from the body of the first one while his feet are still in the mikvah. To the mikvah, to allow the second one to have intentions through this immersion 
for a higher degree of sanctity. So to go from Tahar Luchulin all the way up to Tahar Lachatos. But to become from truly Tame to Tahar, from truly impure to pure, that even Rabbi Yudah agrees it will not help. It will not con- consider the water on the body of the first one up until his legs that is now outside of the mikvah as part of the mikvah. So the whole machlokas is only for Milos, and that substantiates what Rabbi Kudos says, this teaching that one who has still a foot in the water can change his intentions, is based on Rabbi Yehuda, who says that for Milos Rabbanon, you view those waters as part of the mikvah. The Hainu Rabbi Kudos. Ika de Amri, there are those who say, Amrav Nachman, Amrabba, Baravua, that that which Rav Nachman said in the name of Rabbi Baravua, Machlokes Bitum Latara. Framing the debate between these two Shitas, Tanakama and Rabbi Yehuda, is within the Daraisa level, within the biblical differentiation between ritually impure and ritually pure. That's why they disagree. Abel, the Milas Darabonam, but when it only comes to the various gradations of purity on a rabbinic level that require different levels of intentions, then then according to even the Tanakamo, not only according to Rabbi Yudah, according to everybody, the fact that the first person to immerse is standing up and his feet are still in the water, that water that's on him will be considered a tzirut, joined together with the water in the mikvah, for the person, the second one who's immersed in the mikvah, to shift his intention from Tahar Lechulin to Tahar for Meiser, Truma, Kodshim, or Chatos, whatever it might be. So this is a Machlokis. What is their Machlokis? What is Machlokis for Yehuda and Tanakam? The Rambam, in the Pirish of this Mishnah, in Mikvos, Pegzayim, Mishnavav, writes, Ukfar Biro, Begimava Omru, Machlokis Malister Bono. The Raman explains the Mishnah in Pirish Mishnayas like the first version that the Homachlokes is in Milos Darabonon, but even Rabbi Yehuda, who's lenient with this mikvah that has precisely 40 saw, to say when the first one who immersed is still having his feet in the water, the second one can achieve Tahara. That's only for Milo Sturbanan, only for switching his intentions to a higher degree of purity. But even Rabbi Yehuda would agree that from Tuma to Tara, it does not help. So the Raman learns that way. Yishla'ayin with the Me'iri holds. Me'iri writes, Mishitov Meskavin Latvila, somebody who immersed and intended in this immersion, Eshalon Meskavin Ba, Le'ezadava, Bifrat. He didn't have specific intention. So he did intend for Tvila to achieve purity, but not for any specific degree of purity. This immersion still is limited and may not help for anything other than Hulin, for something that's totally unsanctified. Even though he did intend that this be an immersion that purifies. Since he did not designate what the intention was that he immersed for Tovel Nikomakum. Halakivan Latvila since he intended for Tvila. Im Allah Minamai. 
if he did intend to have some form of purity through this immersion, it wasn't a totally uh, surprising immersion, it didn't fall off the, the, the bridge into the river, or into the, the ocean, anything like that. So there was intention. If he ascended from the water and he's still moist, and he determines in his heart that he wants this immersion to be designated to permit him to have Meiser Bitaro, he wants to have the first tithe in Jerusalem in a state of purity, or for any other purpose that requires a certain degree of sanctity, of purity, he may still designate the purity to whichever food he's trying to have. Even though he's no longer in the water. Some say even if he's dried himself up, and he's totally dry. But if he did not have any intention whatsoever, and he ascended from the water, then he can no longer determine what type of purity he wants to achieve from the immersion he just did. And if he did have a clear designation when he descended into the water for the purpose of Meiser, is why he wants to become pure, then then when he ascends, he cannot change his mind to switch it to a more significant degree of Tahara. And if his legs were still in the water, he can switch his intention, even though he intended for something else. So the, the Me'iri goes through all of this. It sounds like that he's being marich within the shitas, that there is an ability to switch one's degree of Tara. Well, not like the Ramam. The way the Ramam is learning, the whole machlokes is within Tara, and Lachera, that's it, it's Mashman Ramam, that we will not pass like Rabbi Yehuda on that. According to the Me'iri, it's Mashma that we will pass in that there is an ability, where, what exactly the parameters are, he doesn't define, there, there are various propositions, but there is the possibility according to the Me'iri, to switch one's intentions with the Malos Darabana. Omar Ula. Ula said, Boy minei Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yochanan asked Rabbi Yehuda, Ma'alahatbil b'machatin? What is the halacha? May one immerse some needles, itinarios, other vessels, on the head of the first one. So we're talking about a mikvah, mitzumtzum, and the first one ascends, his feet are still in the water. Can you place a vessel on the head of the first one, put a little needle on his head? Will you say that the needle is considered immersed? Good. We do find that Rebuda says that the water 
that he pulls up with him as he ascends is considered part of the mikvah. That's clearly what Judah said. That's why he says this Shani, the second one, is achieving some degree of purity. This question, are we talking about actual Tara? Or are we talking about Milas Darabonon? You could learn either way. It's not, not explicit here, but the simple way to learn is that it's talking about from Tumatatara. So the question is, does Rabbi Yehuda say that the same way that the second one can achieve purity, because we view the waters that are now out of the mikvah, but still dripping down through the legs of the Rishon, the first one who immersed, as being contiguous with the, with, with the rest of the mikvah, and it still maintains the minimum amount of 40 saw. That we see Rebuta holds. That's good achis. Good asik, lesle. But maybe we don't say good asik. Maybe we don't say that the waters are considered ascending. As much as he says, you view the waters on him, on the Rishon, as going down to be mashlim, to complete the mikvah that is below, where the, the second person is now immersing. But do you say that it also is considered as ascending to be viewed as one big group of Arboim Saw, even at the head of the first one, who now has a machat, a, a needle, on top of his head? Odilma, or perhaps, Gud Asik Nami Isle. Or maybe Rabbi says, even Gud Asik, even the purity can be achieved in this way, that now this needle that is moistened, on top of the head of the first one who immersed, is considered fully connected to the mikvah and view the waters as, as coming up. View the waters of the mikvah as coming up, as it were, to the top of his head. He says we have, it was in a brisa, Tasefta per gimel mikvahs. Sholosh momios banachal helyona. You have three ditches in a stream. So Shoshigmomios Banaha, El Yono, the upper ditch, Vatartona, and the lower ditch, the Amsais, and a middle ditch. So three elevations within one stream. Amsoyos Yona Vahatartona Shell Estrim Estrim saw. So the extremities, the upper and lower ditch, have twenty saw of, let's say, rainwater in them, this stream. Then Tsoyas shall arbaim saw. And the middle one has the largest, has 40 saw. So you have three distinct levels, elevations. The higher level has only 20. The lower level, lowest level, has also only 20. Not enough for an immersion. The middle has 40. That, of course, would be enough for an immersion. And then something happens. And now we have this flash flood. The, the rainwater forms this waterfall. It passes between them and unites all of these three streams. They're all connected now. This is the point at the end of Tosus that we mentioned before. At the beginning. So now you have this connecting all these three 
ditches. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Rabbi Yehuda says, Meir Hay Omer, that Rabbi Meir would say, Matbil Ba'elyon, one may immerse in the upper level. Meaning you have only 20 saw in the upper level, but now that this this waterfall coming from rain is now pouring and connecting the upper and lower and middle ditches. So the upper ditch is now considered to also have 40 saw because it's connected to the middle ditch. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Rabbi Yehuda said, Top of your testament base. Mayor Haya Omer, Matbil Bayona. The mayor said, one may immerse in the upper ditch. Vani Omer Batartona, below Bayona. And I say, in the lower ditch and not in the upper ditch. Meaning, Rabbi himself disagrees. So, this version, this Vraisa, that does not just have Rabbi Yehuda quoting Rabbi Meir, but rather quoting him and arguing with him would lead us to the opposite conclusion. Although Rabbi Yochanan brought this as a raya, that Rabbi Yehuda quotes Rabbi Meir, this is the way Rashi explains it, that Rabbi Yehuda quotes Rabbi Meir and does not argue. So you see that the connection between the two bodies of water flows up. The fact that you could be Tovel in the upper ditch, even though by itself it only has 20, because it's connected through this rain waterfall to the middle ditch that has 40. So you see that the 40 is considered ascending to the place of 20. Rebuto at first, in the, in the first version, quotes Rebbe Meir and seems to agree. So that would indicate that in our question of putting the machat, the needle, moistened on top of the head of the first one to ascend from the mikvah that has exactly 40 saw, should become tar, because we view the waters as ascending but, based on the second version, this Braisa, that quotes Rabbi Yehuda as arguing with Rabbi Meir, that he says, that he can only immerse in the lowest ditch, or of course in the middle ditch, but not in the highest ditch. So he only says one direction. He only says, like he did say in the original case, that the second one who is immersing has, on some level, the status of immersing in a mikvah, as long as the first one is not fully out of the mikvah, that his feet are still in the mikvah. We view the water as going down. So the water that's on the body of the first one to immerse is considered going down and contiguous with the water that's still in the mikvah, but not the other way around. According to this version, Rabbi Yehuda disagrees and would say that the machat, that the needle, would not become purified to any degree. Rabbi Yochanan conceded. He says, if you have a brisa, you have a brisa. He's withdrawing his, his raya. He says, he was bringing a raya from the simple mashmos that you quoted Rabbi Meir without arguing. But if you have a brisa, he argues. So, then bring a proof from there. Slightly different version from what we have in the Mishnah. One who immerses for Chulin and had intentions for Chulin, etc. Mani Masnison, who is the author of our Mishnah? Rabbonani. The author of the Mishnah is Rabbonan. Bein Chulin 
the Reisha of the Mishnah, the beginning of the Mishnah, speaks about the various gradations of purity, and it mentions Meiser as one of the categories. We have Hulin, Meiser is the first tithe, that's to be in purity in Jerusalem. Truma is a higher degree of purity, only for Kohanim. Kodesh is for sacrificial purposes. And then Chatos, the highest level for sin offering. So the, the author of the Mishnah seems to be the Rabbana. That they make this se separate gradation, viewing Meiser as a separate category from Chulim. Ema Seifa, but if you look at the conclusion of the Mishnah, it says, Big Day Amaretz, Medris Leprushin, that the clothing of the ignoramus is medrash, it's considered ritually impure for the Prussian, for those that are meticulous to consume their chulin, their non-sacrificial, non-sanctified produce in a state of purity. Big day Prussian, medrash and the garments of Prussian are considered medrash, would transmit impurity, render one who is eating truma, a coin, or the members of his household, Kenyan Kaspo, who are trying to eat truma, would render them ineligible to eat the truma. So we, we see that there's a gap. We do not have this differentiation with a, a level between Chulin and Meiser. Also, the Rabbi Meir, that seems to go with Rabbi Meir. The Omar Chulin Meiser The Rabbi Meir says Chulin and Meiser are one level. Reisha Rabbanon, the Sefer of Meir, is the beginning of the Mishnah, the Rabbanon, and the end of the Mishnah, Rabbi Meir. In Reisha Rabbanon, the Sefer Meir, it's not so pleasant, but you could say that. You could say that the Mishnah is reflecting two different opinions, even though it's not explicit. Rabbi Acha bar Ado Masnila Besefa. Rabbi Acha bar Ado had a different text in the Mishnah, where he has, even in the Seifa, Chomish Milas, five different gradations. And according to that, you can interpret the entire Mishnah as going according to the Rabbanon, without the Dochik of saying that the Reisha is Rabbanon and the Seifa is Rabbi Meir. That even in the conclusion of the Mishnah, there's the fifth gradation separating out totally not sanctified Chulin from Maiserishan, from the sanctity of Maiserishan, in accordance with the Rabbanon.